Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast, episode number five. Is a B-minus launch good enough? I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. Have you seen the commercial where the nervous man who's about to go into surgery is told by a nurse that the surgeon is just okay? A second later, the surgeon comes strolling through the door and announces, guess who just got reinstated? And then he says under his breath, well, not officially. The surgeon then asks the patient, nervous? Uh, yeah. And the doctor chimes in, yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. The AT&T voiceover talent then announces, just okay is not okay. And that's my question for you today. As you're preparing to launch your book or your blog or podcast or a course or a business, is just okay good enough? I keep hearing from marketing people who urge us to be satisfied with what they call a B-minus launch. In other words, if our launch was being graded, it would receive a grade of B-minus. The reasoning behind this advice is that many of us never launch because we allow our fears to overcome us and paralyze us. And if you never launch your product, your service, or your program, you'll never know the impact that you can potentially have on people. The B-minus launch advice is intended to help us realize that done is better than perfect. And so you can say this to yourself, everything doesn't have to be perfect when I launch. It's going to be good, but it won't be A-plus quality. I confess that this advice is very, very hard for me to hear and respond to positively. Every time I hear a marketer advise me to be satisfied with a B minus, I protest internally. No, I can't do that. I'm an A plus kind of girl, A minus on my worst day. I thought back to the worst grade I ever got in school. It was a C in college chemistry. Now, I'd taken chemistry as a senior in high school, and I had an amazing teacher who helped me understand what was, to me, a very mysterious subject. I ended up getting a B out of the class with help from my patient teacher and my then boyfriend, who sat right in front of me. He loved chemistry. He was brilliant at it. Fortunately, he was my lab partner, and I survived the class intact because of his tutoring. So foolishly, as a college freshman, I thought, hey, I just took high school chemistry and I did pretty well. I'll take chemistry 101 in college and it'll just be a repeat of what I just did in high school. I'll sail through. No problem. Well, remember I told you that I had an amazing chemistry teacher in high school and a boyfriend who tutored me? Well, in college, neither of those things was the case. The professor was someone who should have retired 20 years earlier. When he lectured, or maybe I should say droned on endlessly in a monotone, it was not only sleep-inducing, it was like he was speaking a foreign language. I ended up squeaking through that class with a C, and frankly, I have no idea how I even passed that class. But I'll tell you, that C was a hard pill to swallow for a student who'd had a 3.9 GPA in high school. I've never considered myself the most brilliant brainiac among my classmates. While I could easily ace an essay test, my standardized test scores were, let's just say, subpar. <laughs> my good grades were mostly the result of conscientious studying, drive, and determination. 
All right. Fast forward several decades from high school and college, and I am still a hardworking, conscientious person who has a very strong perfectionist streak. In other words, I'm still an A-plus person. So when I hear B-minus is good enough, that grates on me. To put things in perspective, I thought about some of the launches that I've done in the past, and I asked myself what grade I'd give myself on those launches. Well, back in episode number three, I told you that I started blogging in 2003. I had an idea for a book that I wanted to pitch to publishers, and I was told by a friend who was a marketing professional that a great way to build my author platform would be to start a blog. I had no idea what a blog was. In fact, no one did back in 2003 because blogs were brand new on the scene then. But the thought of getting to write and publish articles as often as I wanted struck a chord with me. I did not waste any time. I started my blog the very next day. Now, thinking back on my first blog, I really had no idea what I was doing. If I'd been graded, my blog probably would have gotten a C-. minus. But somehow, that just didn't matter because I knew that blogging was going to be my thing. And it has been for going on two decades. Fast forward to 2016. Facebook Live had just launched. Remember that? And when that happened, people instantly abandoned Periscope. Yeah, you remember Periscope? At the same time, podcasting began picking up steam. Whereas I was an early adopter of blogging, I thought seriously about starting a podcast for four full years, maybe longer. You could call me a late adopter of podcasting. And part of that has to do with my love for the written word. Writing takes time, and I suspected that I wouldn't be able to juggle both blogging and podcasting along with the client work that I do full-time. I also had some qualms about the tech pieces. Podcasting requires more equipment and tech tools and tech know-how than blogging does, and I wanted time to purchase the tools and learn to use them well enough so that I felt comfortable podcasting. I wasn't sure what themes or topics I wanted my podcast to cover, so I let the ideas percolate over four years' time. I collected questions from my blog readers and from clients, and some common themes began emerging that I felt confident I could build a podcast around. I heard from a reader the other day who said, I know there's a theme inside me, I just need to find it. Isn't that so true? I know there's a theme inside me. I just need to find it. Finding our theme or our niche or that one thing that we want to become known for often takes a lot of time and patience and prayer and soul searching and researching and practicing the art of saying no to the things that are outside of our niche. As a lover of the written word, I didn't have a whole lot of interest in listening to podcasts until around 2016. But I sensed that I'd eventually launch my own podcast, so I decided to commit to listening to podcasts so I could get a feel for how they're structured to figure out what I wanted my own podcast voice to be. And listening to podcasts on a wide variety of topics has been a tremendous learning experience for me that I highly recommend for any of you if you're considering starting your own podcast. Back in 2016, I also saw the writing on the wall, so to speak, in terms of audio and video taking over the world. In order to stay relevant with my readers, I knew that I needed to add these components to my repertoire. So for the past four years, I've been listening to lots of podcasts. I've enrolled in podcasting courses. I've subscribed to blogs about podcasting so I could learn the ropes. 
I have been an A-plus student of podcasting. As I listened and learned, it still didn't feel like the right time for me to launch my own podcast. It wasn't that I didn't feel ready. The timing just didn't feel right. And then during the past year, I intentionally stopped doing some things that were sucking up many hours of my time. After I bowed out of those commitments, I took a two-month sabbatical during the summer of 2019, and that gave me the time that I needed to rest and recharge. At the end of my sabbatical, I felt excited about starting a podcast, and my ideas suddenly started to gel. I spent the next few months rebranding my Blogging Bistro business, launching my redesigned business website at bloggingbistro.com. I did a massive amount of file decluttering, and I went through a ton of old notes and ideas and workshops I'd taught. I discovered that I have a treasure trove of great content that I can breathe new life into through the podcast. While you could say that my prep work over the last four years would earn an A+, my actual launch work is similar to what I did back in 2003 when I first launched my blog. Remember I told you I decided to launch a blog and then the next day I did it. With my podcast, I set a launch date for early 2020. And with a goal date to shoot for, I immediately began researching podcast hosts. If you have a website or a blog, you need to have a separate podcast host to upload your podcast files to because they're much larger than the types of files you would typically upload to just your website or your blog. So I'm looking around for podcast hosts, but unlike uh, the past where maybe I've like researched every podcast host under the sun, I did not spend days obsessing over which host would be the best choice. I just chose one that felt like a good fit and I went with it. I also hired our graphic designer to create a podcast cover graphic, which you need to have for the podcast directory apps. I sent him a couple of examples of other people's podcast graphics that I liked the look of. He mocked up a couple samples for me. I chose one and we were done. The whole process took both of us less than an hour. Then I went on this writing rampage and crafted the outlines for several episodes. I recorded them, I edited them, and boom, here we are. You may have noticed that my podcast doesn't have intro or outro music. If you're not familiar with what that means, it's the short peppy musical clips that play at the beginning and end of each episode. And you might be thinking, but Laura, that's just wrong. Everyone knows you need intro and outro music. Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> music bookends the show. It sets the tone and the mood for the show. Those musical cues get embedded into the listener's memories, and the tune lets the listener know that they're tuned into your show. Now, here's our word nerd moment about musical memory. The musical memory portion of our brains is huge. And our brains can recognize familiar tunes in 100 milliseconds, which is probably why if I say the phrase Gilligan's Island, you're going to instantly start humming the theme song about a three-hour tour. I'll just pause a few seconds and let you start humming. Now, I understand the importance of intro and outro and transition music and podcasts, but this is one of the areas where I decided that B- would be good enough. Once I decided to launch my podcast, there was lots of prep work to do in a short amount of time. I listened to a bunch of stock intro and outro music, but nothing jumped out at me. 
I listen to the intro and outro music on a bunch of podcasts. And frankly, a lot of it stinks. Big time stinks. It's either rinky dink cheesy or it's loud and obnoxious. Some podcasters even play background music the entire time they're talking, which raises my heart rate to unhealthy levels and makes me slightly crazy. Interestingly, I started noticing that some of the big name podcasters were doing away with intro music altogether. And I thought, well, if they can do it, so can I. So I decided I really don't care whether my podcast has intro and outro music. If I find some clips I like, I'll add them. But for now, I'm going with the B minus approach to intro and outro music, get the podcast launched, and that's the main thing. I'll finesse the rest as I go along. The same goes with the podcast page on my website. Because I launched the Professional Writer podcast without giving our programmer advance notice, he didn't have time to prettify the podcast section of my website until yesterday. So I went with a bare bones podcasting section for the first four episodes of my podcast. It was functional, it was easy to navigate, but it was more like a B minus than my typical A plus work. So I'm happy to announce that as of today, the design of the podcast section at bloggingbistro.com now matches the rest of the site. It is very pretty. Thank you, Andrew, the programmer, for doing that for me. Something important to take note of. My decision to launch my podcast without intro and outro music, without having a podcast webpage looking its best, was not an excuse for me to do sloppy, incomplete work. I put in many, many hours of time creating content for my podcast and making sure I knew how to use my equipment. Those were my top priorities for launching at a level that I felt confident would deliver A-plus quality to my listeners. Now, I could have put off launching for another month, but I didn't want perfectionism to stop my production. Yeah, I will admit I worried a little bit about how people would react because it wasn't perfect, but I refused to allow my fear to be an excuse for procrastinating. And guess what? The feedback I've been receiving from listeners has been overwhelmingly positive. Well, I've gingerly asked them if my lack of intro and outro music bothers them. Most listeners have told me that either they didn't notice or that they listen to my podcast because there's no music and because I don't spend the first five minutes doing idle chit chat. They like the fact that I don't waste their time, that I dive right into what I call the meat and potatoes content. My number one goal is to give my listeners a value-packed experience. So as I prepare each episode, I ask myself, how will I relentlessly serve my listeners? And I think that's a good question for you to think about too in terms of an upcoming launch that you are preparing for is how will you relentlessly serve your audience? While I have issues, as you can tell, with B-minus work, and I'll always believe that just okay is not okay, I am learning to let go of some of the stuff that really doesn't matter all that much. I feel confident that I'm adding a fresh voice to the world of podcasting, a voice that will resonate with writers who are eager to share their message with the world and who need ideas and encouragement for making that happen. And I thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I would love to hear your thoughts about whether a B-minus launch is good enough for you. 
are you an it's not happening until it's as perfect as I can make it person? Or are you an I'm launching it now and I'll perfect it as time goes on person? Hop on over to bloggingbistro.com and check out the show notes for episode number five. You'll see a link there to join the Professional Writer Podcast community on Facebook. That's the place where we compare notes about each episode and where I really want to hear from you about is just okay, okay, is B minus launch good enough, or is it not good enough for you? I realize that some of you are not on Facebook, and I totally get that. If you would like to chime in, you can simply, uh, from my website, you can click on the contact page and you can email me directly because I really, really do want to hear your thoughts on this topic. Thanks again so much for joining me today for the Professional Writer Podcast. I'll talk with you again next week.